Okay. Alright. It's a special episode because oh. we got a new movie. Me, my parents, and Liam Neeson. So we got to talk about it. It's Daniel. But not my parents. It's Carrie. And Patrick. And it turns out that Liam Neeson keeps making movies, so we have to keep watching them. We just do. <laughs> so today we went to the theaters to watch Men in Black International. We did watch that. Those of you who have been paying attention to Men in Black in general will know that this is the fourth Men in Black movie. I haven't been paying attention, so I didn't know. I've watched the first two. I can't say I've seen the third one, which I believe was Will Smith and Josh Brolin? Yeah. I saw it, uh, like, when it was fairly new. Mm-hmm. You did? Don't ask me to give you a plot. I mean... I think the plots are I the... could barely give you the plot of the first two. <laughs> I don't know that I could give you the plot of this one, and I just saw I remember it. in the first one when, uh... When he, you know, got inside the creature at the end and exploded it with his gun. Mm-hmm. What? I remember that. But that did happen, yes. yes. So, was this really based on a comic book? Initially, initially yes. Okay. I believe they've taken liberties with it since then. Because they want to make more money. Yes. And we just contributed to that. And the so second one was the lady with snakes. Yes. And the third one was, yeah, it was... Josh Brolin was Brolin. in it, and I couldn't tell you anything else about it. Wait, there were probably aliens. Yeah, probably. there were definitely aliens. That's the plot. <laughs> uh, this movie, in addition to star, or in, in addition to having in it Liam Neeson, I don't think we can call him starring in this one necessarily. At the end, at the final credits where they do the main characters, he had last billing. It said, and Liam Neeson, which yeah. I think is because he's a big money guy. Yeah. But Emma Thompson, I, I really enjoyed the fact that she was... Uh, Agent O. Mm-hmm. I really liked her character, and I I think that was uh, was played well. So, also in this film are Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been paying attention to popular films of the past couple of years, you'll know that Chris Hemsworth is Thor in the Marvel franchises, and and he's a big guy, and he's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson played Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok alongside there you go. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I didn't know that. So I it, was trying to remember where I saw her, yes. That was where. Yes. I, she didn't really show up in any of the other Marvel movies. No, I know. She, I think she showed up in Endgame just as part of their big montage of all of the mm-hmm. heroes. Mm-hmm. But she seems like a pretty fresh face. She sort of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they've been together. I, mm-hmm. I don't think this was a Russo movie, which uh, means that... What does that mean? The the directors. No, the guy guy who directed it was Gary Gray, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. What other movies has he directed? Gary Gray. Let me look him up. I don't know, because I'm not that... F. Gary Gray. Mm -hmm. The F is silent, I think. The Italian Job. The the remake in 2003. Hmm. Oh. Friday with Chris Tucker. Uh, Furious 8. Yikes. Ooh, Law Abiding Citizen. I actually kind of like that movie. So he's done some stuff. It's not like prolific, but mm-hmm. he's done some stuff. So yeah. that's interesting. I like it. So was this just, uh, you know, M- Men in Black International because it was from the London office? Yes. So that's the whole reason why it was international. Correct. They did go to multiple countries. Mm-hmm. But is it, well. Previously, they've basically stayed in, in the U.S. U.S. and almost exclusively New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then all of their action takes place in New York as well? Correct. Alrighty. Except for, of course, in the first one where they were at the uh, Palace of the uh, Fine Arts or whatever it's Doom. called. That's in San Francisco, if I remember right. 
In any case, oh. they stayed in the U.S. Okay. And this time they did not. This time they definitely did not because they were, in fact, in Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. So when, so is this when they're in Paris? That's a flashback. Yes, it starts with two or three years ago. It says 2016, and I don't know if we're mm-hmm. calling this movie 2018 or 2019. <laughs> Depends on when they think they were filming it. Um, <clears throat> but we start out with the Zero Denise in pretty quick. He's in the, the first shot where you can see people. I, yeah. I counted 18 seconds. All right. Or less. That's pretty zero. So we're pretty, pretty much zero. Because it's him and Hemsworth going up the Eiffel Tower. And we do a quick shot of them showing off that they can erase people's memory, short-term memory. Mm-hmm. Which, for, for those of us who don't know about... Who don't know life. about the first three movies. I in, Another interesting note. I, when they did the idents at the start of the movie and mm-hmm. the Columbia lady put on sunglasses. Yes. Uh, the end of the second movie, the Statue of Liberty is a great big neuralizer. Yes. <laughs> so they can neuralize most they, of the city they, at one time. They basically uh. hit the entirety of New York in one go. So I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if they did that on other movies with Columbia, but whatever. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So they are up on the Eiffel Tower because there's a portal to another part of space that eventually we find out that Mr. Eiffel found and built the Eiffel Tower to accommodate our end of it. Yeah, I think okay. the space up there was really too big for the top oh, of yeah. the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. But that's okay. Anyways. <laughs> so they're fighting this thing called the Hive. And every, anything called the Hive is bad. It must be bad <laughs> in comic book lore. I, I believe there's at least one video game where the bad guys are called the Hive. Because uh-huh. of course they are. Because they're bees right. and they'll get you. Yep. And, and it also sounds like Hydra. And they shoot at the bad guys who are coming in. And then the flashback ends, and we go to a, a different flashback. Right. 20 years earlier. 20 years earlier. And so we get no closure as to whether or not the attractive heroes save the day. We assume they do because they're attractive heroes. Well, and because they have the sunglasses. And they have the sunglasses. And neuralizers. But we get to a young girl whose parents get zapped. Neuralized. And neuralized. They get their memories taken. But she doesn't. She remembers this little furry blue alien guy. She has an encounter with an alien and then spends, obviously, the rest of her growing up years pursuing aliens. Yes. Men in black. And then yeah, the men in black because she knows that they, they, she knows they exist. Because she saw them. Yeah. She and saw it's a them. combination of being one of the best FBI recruits they've ever seen and then the FBI not being good enough. And then her acting kind of like a crazy conspiracy theorist. Right. Which is weird. Which was weird. I I mean, her character was fun and quirky, but I didn't really feel like I was... I didn't really bond with any of the characters in this film. I'm yeah. just saying. That, but that's me. Yeah. I, I guess I need a little bit more scintillating dialogue in general. There really wasn't yeah. much of that. Yeah. No. And I didn't feel like the plot was necessarily interesting enough to hold me either. Yeah. Well, they... They did something that I've seen a couple of other times where they set up a villain mm-hmm. and then the villain goes away before the climax of the movie. Whether or not it's because the villain dies or stops being villainous, mm-hmm. if we haven't established another villain yet, then you have this weird holding pattern where you're going, well, where's, well, my, mo- where's, where's my motivation? Well, you, they identified the, the villain that showed up at the end. Well, At the beginning of the movie, they identified that villain, but that villain was gone. apparently defeated. Yeah. 
We did, that villain was not through the majority threat. of the movie, and they take out the only thing we've been set up as an active threat. Yeah, before the end of the movie. Yeah, so we have a little bit of time. It's not that long, but we have a little bit of time to go. Well, now, now what? Is... It was kind of odd. They were they were well into the movie, but not at the end of the movie, and they were celebrating having gotten rid of the villain. Yeah. And and yeah, it was very awkward. Was the interesting the Probably. interesting thing about that was it felt awkward to me as a viewer. Yeah, and it felt awkward to those characters. That doesn't make which, it okay. No, but I thought I thought okay, well that that's kind of an interesting thing that they did. That doesn't make it okay. That's that's like looking at the audience and going, man, isn't this a bad movie? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it good. Okay. The fact that no. you know that something's wrong. We've so, seen movies like that. So podcast that movie that people shall need not be to named. understand that I did actually fall asleep and missed this portion of the movie <laughs> We're and sorry. woke up at the end. Yeah. Because they got rid of the villain. Yeah. And then you were done. Yeah. I guess I was. I was really <laughs> right. Movie's over. <laughs> Mom was checked out. Okay. So the. Main the main characters we've got to deal with now are Agent M, who is the the plucky the young recruit. female yeah. in the in, me, in the Men in Black, mm-hmm. and they they have some quirky feminist dialogue about plenty how of they've times been, they've had this conversation before. It just don't go there. This is not a ew feminist thing. This is a you know what I mean. They have a point, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of the same way in that I uh, female military officers will be called sir anyways, just because mm-hmm. it's the way it is and it's still meant to be just as respectful yeah so i do have a winston churchill quote on this very matter oh really so it, this was i was reading in one of my dad's essays just this week that churchill purportedly uh when asked about referring to you know women and men together humankind as it were as as man that he said uh man embraces woman unless you know, the context uh, is, you know, provides for otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was a, a double meaning in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's my little side yeah. note. Yeah. In any case, we've got Agent M. We then have Agent H. The H stands for Hemsworth. <laughs> we think. Maybe. Maybe. We don't actually, we never for sure He says his, his name. name is Henry, but we don't know if that's true yeah. either. His, the H stands, stands for Hemsworth, because it's Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he is... The cop who doesn't play by the rules. And yeah, he's much. the playboy cop that yeah. doesn't play by the rules. He's yeah. too cool for school and also your rules, man. Yeah, and he wears pink pants. Yeah. Uh, That's not, got, they're not black. We've got high tea. Which I think is a very British silly name. It is. It's very British and silly. Who is Liam Neeson's character who is in charge of the London office and totally not a bad guy. Yeah. We don't think he's a bad right. guy. He seems like a very, fairly good in-charge guy. Mm-hmm. He's covering a lot for Agent H. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. More than you probably should with how much shenanigans he gets up to. Right, right. Uh, Agent H has a uh, Captain Kirk moment. <laughs> or, you know, purportedly Captain Kirk moments as well. Yeah. There's <laughs> a delegate from the royal family of an alien species that comes down... And he's trying to entrust something important to Agent H, but uses mild contact empathy to pe- telepathy, determines that something has changed about him, and gives it to Agent M instead. And then he's dead because the cosmic nebula aliens blow him up. 
I thought they were two rappers. They are, actually. Oh, <laughs> the guys that play the, the twins? Yeah, they're actually twins. They're actually twins? Are yes. they actually rappers? I, they are called Less Twins. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I so mommed that. Yes, kids, I, I know nothing about current rap music. They might be. I mean, the fact that they're called Less Twins is French hip-hop dancers. They might not be rappers, they're just dancers. So that oh, would explain so they were why really that guy dancing. was really dancing. They were really dancing. Okay, I take that back. They weren't rappers. They were hip-hop dancers. They've danced with Beyonce. Well, good for them. That's got to be a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. Uh, in any case... They looked like bad asses. They, they they were bad guys. The visual effects on those guys is, was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the, the, the backs of their costumes. Because we did see them walking away from us. Mm-hmm. And I did like that. It was That was gave me inspiration for a next project. But there's just... It, the plot just kind of keeps happening... There's Thus a, my nap. There's a lot of like little quirky stuff that didn't really add to anything. Yeah. Which is kind of par for the course for Men in Black, if I'm going to be honest. Maybe this is why I've never watched one before. So, so there, I just were, knew. there were a couple... I was trying to think of moments that were, oh, this is kind of interesting. From a filming standpoint yeah. or an artwork standpoint or something. And one of the one of the places that I thought was kind of an interesting concept. I'm sure it's not the first time it was done. But when... H and M were each fighting separately. Yeah. And they were flipping back and forth with the film as one of them got hit, the other one was shown flying, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting filming technique. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to make it feel like one big scene while two people are doing different things. Yeah, they were in different rooms with different people Mm -hmm. fighting different people. Yeah. And and I thought... Was I awake then? I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't keeping track of your awakeness. Maybe you were. Depends on when you went to sleep. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, they did have to have the hilarious comic relief character that's small. Yeah. Because that's also a trope of Men in Black. Small and, and in general. strong and important. Even though but he wasn't that important. a trope in other things as oh, well? Yes. Like yeah. Disney movies? Oh, yeah. You know, little sidekick? But there's Men in Black has always played the large versus small game. Um to try to sort of make you be surprised about, oh, I thought that was something really little, and in when, fact, it when was she big, at the beginning when she's being outfitted with her gear and she holds up the very small gun and is like, no, mm-hmm. that I believe is the noisy cricket, yeah, from the first movie where Will Smith gets this is his gun that he gets requisitioned, yeah, and he's just what? What is this? Is a little gun, a little pea shooter, yeah. And yeah. he sees the guy running away, and he goes to fire at him, and it's just like this massive shock wave, and everything. Yeah, and he oh. flies backwards, and yeah, right. Uh-huh. So yes, it's it's a Men in Black thing of the small things are really powerful, mm-hmm. like the like the weapon that they have that is basically it's, a star. It's a palm sized yeah. thing. A palm sized thing that is the power of a star. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Wow. Spoilers, they have a big gun. They have a big gun. It's a very It's big, actually a very small gun. It's a very small gun, but it's until has they big... make it into a larger gun, in which case you find out, oh wow. It and can then do they things. shoot the Grand Canyon into the Sahara Desert. They did that. Yeah, it was pretty well done. Yeah. I thought. I really I was awake them, for that. Part. I wanted them to do more with that, but mm-hmm. they didn't. They just mm-hmm. shot a hole in the desert and then said we're done. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Then, so so there was there was a mole. There was. And then we were trying to figure out who it was. And we thought there was two We thought it was Agent C. There was two prevailing options. Perhaps. Either Agent C because he's a jerk 
or was Agent H because he changed? We perceived Agent C as a jerk, but I don't think it was either of them. Agent C was Agent C was played by Rafe Spall, who I didn't know this guy all that well. I went and did a quick glance at how many movies was he in. He was an actor in sixty-five different things, according to IMDb. So I'm thinking, working. Oh, he's gotten around. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a mole, and the reason why they figure out there's a mole is because they start looking into evidence of stuff, and it's been deleted. Oh my goodness! Well, who can who who has the authority to delete this stuff? Your well, mom. Well, the director would. Your mom will clean your room. Yeah. Yep. That's that was a trailer for a different movie, mom. Oh, I was awake for that part. You were. That was at the start. <laughs> <laughs> that was an explosions movie that you are not going to want to see. That's probably true. That's but true. they determined that the director is the only person who could have halted this investigation. Wait a minute, Liam Neeson is the mole. Uh-oh, I missed a big part. Uh, and finally, his peril meter starts to wake up. Way him, near the I end. I totally missed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a little bit on the peril meter at the very first scene, but kind of like... Yeah, eh. no, but Chris Hemsworth was taking Chris the Chris Hemsworth damage. was the one that was on the edge. Yeah. On that one. He was taking the yeah. damage for sure. Yeah. So they go back to Paris, back to the Eiffel Tower, because the Hive are coming back through oh. the Eiffel Tower, and Liam Neeson is the one that's going to give them the big star gun. Oh no, that's not good. To blow up all of the things. And he turns into a giant tentacle monster. <laughs> That's not believable. Oh, my. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, yeah, I saw that. So on the... he was somehow taken over by the hive. Yes, which they described. Much earlier in the. Yeah, as a thing the hive can do. Yeah. Is this like at the Borg? Not necessarily. No. The All Borg. will be assimilated. Because it's not technology related. Yeah, the Borg are also more obvious about it. This was more yeah. subtle. Until he huh. turned into a giant tentacle monster. But is this what I saw on the British Baking Show, where people were making those squid breads? Did he turn into one of those? Uh, sure. Okay. No, he's that a big was an octopus, and they did it with they did it with squid ink. Yeah. Wow. He's a big he's a big squid guy. And it's like a tie-in. The parameter goes way up because he starts getting shot at by the good guys. Uh, he kind of ultimately gets shot at with the big gun. Yeah. Spoiler. The big star gun? We, we Chekhov's giant star gun yeah. is here. We're, we're definitely doing spoilers this one. Sorry, gang, but... Well, I guess mean, what? This one wasn't time. super great. I would say wait for it to come out on Redbox. Yeah. You know, save your money. I mean, it costs well, more for snacks than for the tickets today, but still, you know, that's expensive. That's not what I told my other son. I said it's worth it once. Really? Yeah, that's I what I told him. Well, guess what? I'm the one that... Yeah, it's not my son. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, not a whole lot more to say about it, because no. it's just, eh. It's a, su- say, it's a summer kids explosion movie. Yes, pretty I, much. I say mom says wait for it to come out on Redbox. Yeah. That's my mom opinion. There you go. Uh, Peril meter. It's high at the end, but... It's very high at the end, but it's not much of anything for like the five? great majority. So... Yeah, I mean, he does die, but... But he does die. Well, he gets taken over by the hive. Is that considered peril? He, but he doesn't do it on screen he per se. That. Yeah, I know. I'm fine with the five. It's gonna take extra right, work to Patrick, put this in the. Patrick, what do you think? Five? Okay, you it's talked me into it. Gonna take extra Boy, work to put this talking. in the spreadsheet because I gotta add a new line. Oh, you're you'd be fine. Oh wait, no, somebody already added a line. I did that. Oh okay. And without deleting other things, are you so proud of pr- me? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yes, I've been known to delete things on the spreadsheet. His, uh, the movie before it was also a five, Cold Pursuit. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, I think I enjoyed Cold Pursuit more than this one. Probably. Just saying. Yeah. 
Although it was we, different. Although we did go to see Shakespeare in the Park a couple nights ago, and I think I enjoyed that more. Yes, than, you did. Way more than this movie. Yes, you did, especially the fish creature. The fish creature, that guy was really good. And I really enjoyed the actor who was playing Prospero. He was wearing a, a rather nondescript colored tunic. I think we're getting off that topic. That was ankle length. Slightly off But I got to tell about this. <laughs> this ankle length tunic in a very buff color. And he was wearing, he was a dad, very definitely a dad in age. You know, I'd say he was probably 50. And he was wearing black shoes and short black dad socks. And of course, when he, great. when he lifted up his arms, then his tunic would expose his black shoes and socks, and it made me giggle. I see. Yeah. Okay. Costume criticisms. She's I, really good at costumes. I think the listeners so. need to know these kinds of things. Yeah, I pay attention to, to those that, details. Yep. Yeah, you're a costume person. Yeah. Men in Black didn't offer you a whole lot in that regard. I like the backs of the, the, of the jackets twins. that the twins were wearing. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing. Yep. And Emma Thompson did have two different... Maybe three different black suits that were very, That's very true. sharp. Mm-hmm. That's true. She was mm-hmm. pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. She looked like she was in charge. She definitely looked like she was in Funny, charge. Funny, she was in charge. Ha! <laughs> what is she also in charge of? What is she also so What, what else do I know her from? She's oh, Nanny wow. McPhee. That, I don't know that. She's, uh, uh, um, she's the uh, Beatrice in the Kenneth Branagh version of uh, Much, Much Ado, Ado About, about Nothing. Okay. She was married to Kenneth Branagh at that time. Um, she, uh, did the screenplay writing for Sense and Sensibility, which is a Jane Austen adaptation. And I think she won some awards for that screen adaptation. I know she's been in a lot of things because I definitely recognize she's her. She's very much been in a lot of things. Of course, I can only think of girl movies because that's <laughs> what I really like. Except when I'm watching Liam Neeson with you guys. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all I can think of Emma Thompson off the top of my head. All right. So, are we good? Did we say enough is, words? Is Dad going to Google it now to, so we can be He's, sure? Well, I was just going to look at, at her... Uh, <laughs> he, oh my gosh, it could turn it in 20 more minutes. We could, probably. No, just a minute. Just a minute. <laughs> I think she's Dame em- Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. I would imagine. Possibly. Born in London in 1959. He's reading now. That's, I'm looking no for filmography for as an actress. 86 entries. Cruella. She was Cruella DeVille? Yeah. Somewhat recently? Yes, I believe. Johnny English Strikes Again. Is that the new one? King Lear, the one that we started watching but didn't finish. She's one of the daughters. <gasps> That's true. Um, That's I'm true. looking for something Dan would recognize. He didn't watch Nanny McPhee. I did not. I didn't either. Hmm. Not finding something obvious. Okay. Well, it's then that we must be at the end. Okay. Bye. Bye. So Bye.